Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. But I've entitled, uh, not time to, to get into the fight again, but time to fight. Because in life, so many people are giving their time and their attention to things that don't matter and are not really important. If you guys want to bring the fans down, that'd be good. They get in, we get involved in this, we get involved in that, and we lose our fight. Many people are giving their fight to this thing and that thing, to that computer game. Guy, young guys, look out. Don't let a computer game be your place where you fight. Because you need to be fighting for generations. Um, I always get a bit interested at the gym when I go. <laughs> that uh, there's so many guys who've given their life to developing one body, theirs. Their whole focus in fight, I'm, I get fascinated by it, that you develop, you're giving your whole life to develop your body. Your fighting, your time is for your structure. And I'm like, what a small life. Be healthy, be fit, go to the gym, do sport, great. But don't make that your fight. Make your fight for your family, your family, your children, your grandchildren. If you don't have children or grandchildren, then that, that's fine. You can be absolutely an amazing single person who fights for other people's children, other people's family, your neighbours, your workmates, people you study with, people you lecture. You can fight and have a huge impact for many people. Uh, the children of Rwanda are not personally my children, but I'm fighting for them. I'm fighting for them to live. I'm fighting for them to thrive. I'm fighting for them to be rescued from poverty. I'm fighting. What are you fighting for? So we need to realize that there's a battle to be fought, but fight for what's important. And uh, yeah, fight for what's important. Think that through. Think that through, because many times our minds are all over the place, giving time and attention to things that are of no value ultimately. Your friends, your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren need to see you be a sterling example of stableness. Your children, your grandchildren, your wife, your husband need to see you be somebody who stands for Christ in the storms. Who's not bailing when it's, you don't get your way, when you get upset, when you get offended. They need to see you stand. They need to see you pushing through. They need to see you talking about Jesus, not everybody else. They need to see you fighting for them. <laughs> At the time, Jordan, when he's 14, was telling us he's not in church, he's doing da 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 and, uh, and he was like, I'm not doing, coming to church as many times. And I had to remind him, we are called as a family. And he wasn't listening to me. He, I said, no, we're called as a family. And then he said to me, Dad, don't you speak, don't you understand English? I said, I understand it very well. And he wasn't responding to me. So then I had to get to the big guns. I went, I'm getting your mother. <laughs> and Sue is very sweet and very lovely. But when it came to her son coming under an attack, 
And she, we knew it was a spiritual attack. Most parents are like, oh, you don't want to go, honey. That's fine. You want to stay home. Oh, it's a bit cold. You've had school all week. Forget that. Be tired. Be wrecked in the house of God. <laughs> Now, you're all saying, oh, that's a bit out there. Well, Jordan ended up becoming the state leader for 90 children's churches ministries, 90 of them. So when our child was under attack, it's because the devil knows. Don't be put off when something's happening in your life. The enemy knows that you have potential and you have great future potential that will help a lot of people, particularly starting with your own children, if you begin to follow him and get in the fight for what's important. And so now, and obviously Jordan's gone on to come, one of our great pastors, great staff, and great leader at our church here. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Sue. <laughs> I was in the fight, but I wasn't winning. But there we go. You know, there's a passage in the Scripture so powerful in 1 Samuel 30, and it's talking about where David, who was, you know, such an incredible man of God, still failed, had failures. I love that. In the sense, I love the sense God uses people who are imperfect. Stop thinking that God's going to use you when you're all perfect. No, He starts now. And actually, I'll just throw that again too. Please don't see what's happening in your life as you're having a breakdown. A breakdown is always, most people don't get this, it's always a breakthrough with a cloak over it. A break, a breakthrough, uh, sorry, a break, that breakdown. I'm having a breakdown, I can't go on. And I, who hasn't, I've said that myself. And then the Lord showed me, Jared, you're having a breakthrough, you just can't see it. And so I had to, what did I, I said, Lord, what do I do? Stop, stay, stand. And break through in Jesus' name. And uh, can I encourage you right now, God's trying to get you to the next level in your heart and character. What we're trying to do is get things and stuff and that and this and that ministry and God's trying to get you somewhere, which is more like Him. To become more like Him, (laughs) you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to get in the fight, hello? And can I just say number one fight is with you. Your biggest battle is you. But I've been serving the Lord for 20 years, so what? (laughs) You're still going to be subdued. So wrestle yourself to the ground and get ready for the Word of God. Amen. (laughs) 1 Samuel 30, David, the Bible says, came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag, that the third day the Amalekites, who were enemies of God's people, invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons, their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept. I'll bet until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. This is happening right now in Israel, everybody, and in Gaza. Do pray for the Middle East, amen, this week. Be praying. We've been praying for them all week, but do pray for them this week. But this is happening right now. 
But in this passage, he's David, and he is experiencing what's happening now. He's, he and his men have had their wives taken, their children taken. They've had their uh, homes burnt with fire, exactly what's just happened in Israel. They are, they are absolutely devastated. And the Bible tells us they just lifted their voice and cried. And this just speaks again to all of us that life at times can bring some, t- some pain to us that's unexpected. Some difficulty can come to you that's unexpected. And what we do in those moments is so important. Everybody, when you're in a dark tunnel of pain, stop talking. <laughs> And slow down and stop coming up with decisions. We need to stop. And actually, I like the Bible says here, these these were these were, a lot of these were men and they were weeping. Cry your tears to God. It's a great thing to cry to God. I used to cry to myself, oh poor me, oh my gosh, where was me? And I discovered that self-pity achieved nothing. Yeah, I was pretty special on that. So if you need any help in that, I can give you a little degree training in that one. But what changed my life was when I cried to God and cried over what happened in my childhood, cried over what happened in my life. Sue and I have had to cry over different seasons as believers and as pastors. But cry your tears to God. And, uh, And the Bible tells us Uh, right there that the people actually now are wanting to stone David you know leadership has a cost (laughs) if you're going to be a leader if you put your head above the parapet as it were in life you're going to be a leader in any area you're going to be a pastor you will have times where the people want to stone you be careful of your perspective everybody people always have to be careful of their perspective um, I remember early years of ministry making up judgments about what was happening in church leadership at a church I was in and uh, only to discover that what I had come up with because I thought I was so good at coming up with conclusions over everybody's lives that my perspective was completely out so just be careful with your perspective on people and life and church because uh, there's his side there's her side there's the truth and then also, when you're a leader, you have to you can't share what so many times has actually gone on because it can be destructive. So, uh, what's your perspective? What what's the best thing you can do with perspective? Be very very slow to form perspectives in life and about people and about situations, especially ones you're not involved in. So, but uh, David's having to deal with this, and right now, the very people that have been with him are now out to kill him. So just remember that, everybody. If you want to be a leader, (laughs) yeah, you'll draw attack, no doubt about it. Keep quiet, stay little, no one cares. But when you step up and say, I'm going to take responsibility, I'm going to step into the role God has, I'm going to lead, which lead means serve at a higher level. Don't ever think that being a leader, if you're a Christian leader, it is not about, hey, I get to be the leader. It's like, more responsibility at a much bigger level, more cost personally, more uh, weight to carry, more people's lives to help and carry. It's a huge deal. So the people, right, and here's what happens too, in the middle of challenges, it's amazing how when we're in a challenge, some other person becomes our perspective. So David is not their enemy, he's their leader. 
But right now, now they want to stone him. <laughs> uh, just remember that whatever you're going through, don't start trying to stone other people because you're in a fire or you've been wounded in a battle. Don't, don't be bringing other people into it. That's just your fight. And right now you may be wounded, but remember that we get, up, get to get up in God and go again. Many Olympians who you watch and we all clap at the Olympics every four years are running and playing and doing whatever they're doing with great injury. Many of them have got injuries. You find out later they had broken bones. They just suffered a major this. And then they're going for silver or gold and everybody thinks, aren't they amazing? Yeah, they're doing it with a major injury that you can't see. Many times people playing in the kingdom are doing things with a major injury that you can't see on the inside. But be careful that you're judging and that you put your focus on other people when you're going through something. Let me say that again. Be careful that you put your focus on other people when you're going through something. Your growth uh, will many times be painful. If you're going to be an athlete, they're not got 100 people sitting with them while they complain about their sore foot as they run in the 400 metres. They're having to go, i got to get myself together and I'm going to run this leg now and uh, I'm going to win in Jesus' name. So watch out. Don't make people your perspective. Uh, so don't make people your focus because your perspective will be out. And if you're a Christian going through something personally, as I said, God is trying to get you to grow. Because you go to church for 30 years doesn't mean you've grown. Yeah. <laughs> grey hair doesn't mean anything. <laughs> People say, oh, they're wiser because they've got grey hair. Uh, no, grey hair has nothing to do with wisdom in reality. We wish it did. No, it's what you do in the challenge. It's what you do when you're in pain. It's what you do when God's trying to grow you. It's what you do in the test. I'm just been reading again Frank Damasio's book, The Making of a Leader. It's this thick, and it's about the test you go through to be a leader in the kingdom of God. It's this thick. Frank Damasio, one of the great Bible teachers from the US. And it's like test after test after test. Everybody, you cannot keep moving to levels in God without going through tests, just so you know. He'll test, are you choosing humility? Everything with God is just, everything with God's motive. Everything with God's motive. We're like, Lord, use me. He goes, why? <laughs> Lord, I want to do this. What for? I, that's God all, all the time. What for? What's your motive? Is it about me or is it about you? <laughs> Are you unhappy now because it's not working for you or because it's working for me? Here's maturity when you're getting happy when it's working for God, but you're losing. <laughs> when the, that's maturity as a Christian. I'm, hang on, class, your year four of the Bible college is today. You're, uh, you're maturing when you're happy when it's working for God, but currently you're losing. And what did Jesus say? If you lose your life, Jesus said this, you'll find it. That is not happening in much of the Christian world. People are not thinking about losing, they're thinking about opportunity. Where's my kingdom opportunity? Well, you get an opportunity, but it just may be Ishmael. Because where you find God's life, God's life, God's purpose, lose your life. Do something that's costly. And Jesus goes, wow, angels, check this dude out. <laughs> check this girl out over here. Ruth in the field here is picking up leftovers. Could you get Boaz on pause? <laughs> we'll line him up shortly. 
in Jesus' name. Yeah. So David's up under attack. By the way, he hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. He's still God's guy. He hasn't changed. Their perspective's changed. So what does David do? What do you do when you're under attack? What do you do when you've lost everything? What do you do when you've, your family's been taken captive? What do you do? What do you do and what do you don't do? Well, can I encourage you firstly, here's what the Bible says. The last part of that verse, verse 6, says, But David, but, but David, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. Mature Christian, lost, lost the family, they've been taken captive, house burnt down, everybody's suffering, people want to kill you. <laughs> you think you're having a bad week. Anyway, and David encourages himself in the Lord. And that comes from the Greek word, encourage comes from the Greek word para. Kaleo, Kaleo, there's a word for somebody today. Parakaleo, which means to console. It means to strengthen, to energize. It's active and it's intensive. And he was saying, consoling himself in God, strengthening himself in God, energizing himself, and urging himself to go forward. One of the other definitions of the word, and in Hebrew as well, is that he was speaking to himself. Everybody, if you want to be success as a Christian, you want to be success in life, stop listening to yourself. So many of us, even as I'm preaching now, some of you are having full-on conversations. We can't see it. I can discern it. But you've got a full-on conversation going on with yourself. Well, I don't know about that. I don't think about this. I don't know about that. And then we wonder why we're not getting anywhere. Because you have to stop speaking to you, stop listening to yourself and start speaking to yourself and David says I'm going to praise the Lord thank you God you're with me thank you God you brought me this far Lord you got me to this point you can get me the rest of the way Jesus you are with me <laughs> so right now my family's captive I've lost everything Jesus you are with me everybody you need to start speaking to yourself for the first time or for the one millionth time, speak to yourself and go again. I was speaking to myself yesterday and today. Come on, go here. Come on, get up there in Jesus' name. God's with you. Push through in that. Do this. Come on, I'm speaking to myself. And then when I'm offended or hurt or winded, I go, wow, what a rich opportunity to grow. Thank you, Lord, for that rich opportunity. Rather than going, oh my gosh, I can't believe this has happened to me. Oh my goodness. Uh, look, life happens. <laughs> what I need to do is go, Lord, you are with me now in this. You're with Sue and I now in this, in Jesus' name. Lord, you're not angry with me. You're, you love me. You're for me. And Lord, I decide to worship you no matter what. I don't come to church and go, after 42 years, well, I'm not praising today because I've had a bad week. <laughs> not worshiping today. Had a bad week. No, I'm not. I'm just going to sit here. Don't speak to me. Don't speak to me. Leave me. <laughs> what I do is I go, go out. <laughs> and whatever happened in your week, start to worship God. Because there's power in worship. 
There's power when you praise. If you want to get out of your broken life, start praising God. If you want to get out of your broken situation, start praising Him. Get, you know, get in the park with some praise and worship. Walk around. Walk until there's a change in the Spirit. Walk until there's a change in you. In Jesus' Name. And as I said before, cry your tears to God. Just don't, just don't try and put what's happening in your life on a person. Too many people try and, okay, I'm going through all this. Where's that person I can dump it all on? Now, I'm not talking about where, you know, you've got friends who you're sharing with, but it's, sometimes it goes over the border of sharing and then praying for you too. We have people that we personally dump things on and they become like our, our mental dumpy where we need to say, I can't, there's no one can carry my stuff. There's no one can carry my pain. They can't, people can't. And it's not fair, it's not fair to make somebody, okay, the person who you dump everything on. In my family, because everybody was irresponsible when I was younger, I became highly responsible. I like rebelled against it. But then everybody brought me their stuff. Everybody's like coming in, oh, Jared, I gotta get there. And I used to listen to it all. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And pray and then try and help them and try and counsel them. Then I realized that everything I'd been saying for 10 years, no one listened to. <laughs> they didn't do a thing with it. <laughs> they didn't do a thing. And then I announced to one of my... Um, devotees, no, <laughs> counselees. I announced to them one day, hey, I've resigned. They said, what from? I said, being a little demigod, kind of like that middle god. I said, I, I can't answer, you. I can't carry your stuff. I can't be your answer. I'm not your answer. I'm not your answer. And this person had become a Christian. And I said, you need to go to Jesus now. Because one, they weren't listening to me. I was carrying a lot of stuff that really I shouldn't have been carrying. I was just weighed down the whole time. But they needed to go to God. And I realized then, hang on, they need to be careful about what I give to people who don't want to receive anything. This morning, there's some people here right now, you're receiving everything. And other people, because you know better, you don't receive. But then you don't grow and you don't change. So, <laughs> so if I ask you to speak to me like Jack Haynes did last week on missions, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to be open to it. And I want to hear what he's saying and I'm open to applying what he's saying. Jack and I had an extra dinner because his visa got delayed. And then Jack said to me, now, now Jared, I want to talk to you about you and your missions. And we talked and he knows what we're doing. He was in, actually, by the way, Jack Haynes was in tears over what we're doing as a church, what you're doing with the children, what you're doing. Jack Haynes, was, he was in tears at dinner with me. But then he started talking to me at a deeper level because he's one of the... He'd be one of the really few, I think, real people who's captured Jesus' heart for missions. And then he said to me, I'm going to come, at, come to you. Now, I didn't go, look, Jack, I've been around 40 years. What are you going to tell me, bro? Really? Got a couple of campuses and, you know. <laughs> I was like, Jack, go, go ahead. Go ahead. He said, is that okay? I go, yeah. And he pushed me to another level of, you need to think about this. Like in the de decade, two decades ahead, he said, think about this. And you know what I said? Jack, thanks so much. With tears, I will. I'm going to take it and really think about that. In Jesus' name. You're allowed to feel hurt or wounded, everybody. You're allowed to feel disappointed. It's natural. But don't let it stay. Give it to God. You can't, can't handle it either. 
speak to you that you're going to win in the battle, in the test. It's just a test. It's just a test. And if you fail the test, just remember, in God's kingdom, you just get to take it again. Psalm 91, I did not tell the guys what to sing today at all. And Psalm 91, they're singing an old song today. And, uh, and I'm, here's my script, next scripture. The one who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will lodge in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is He who rescues you from the net of the trapper and from the deadly plague. He will cover you with His pinions and under His wings you may take refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a wall. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day or of the plague that stalks in darkness or the destruction that devastates at noon. And 10,000... at your side, but it shall not approach you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. David cried out to the Lord in verse 8. He says, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Lord, what will I do? What will I do? Shall I pursue this this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him. Look at this. He answered him. God answered him. After he'd stopped crying, he cried his tears to God. Then he says, what will I do? He asked the question. He asked the question. Everybody, he asked the question. Stop telling God the answer and start asking the question. Here's the answer, God. This is why I'm like I am. This is why this has happened. This is how I am. This is it. No, you're telling him the answer all the time. You need to say to the Lord, what shall I do? What do I do? Who should I go to to pray for me and counsel me? Who is it, God? What should I do? What do you want me to do? And I love it. God says, pursue for you shall surely overcome, uh, surely overtake them. And without fail... Without fail, recover all. Everybody, there is grace to pursue what is yours. There's grace to pursue what is yours. Don't go for what is another person's, but get counsel, get wisdom, get people in on it. Lose that independence. Say, hey, pray with me. Should I pursue this? Should I go after this? Sometimes people walk on us. Sometimes in life you lost, lost a friend, you lost a, a partner, you lost something. Sometimes, sometimes in, in life people are scaffolding to the building, but they're not the building. Everybody, sometimes you've got to let people walk. Sometimes you've got to let people go because they were part of the journey for a season, but not part of the journey for life. And that's wisdom. We need wisdom in this area. Some people are part of your journey for a season. Not meant to be a part of your journey for life, but realize this as a Christian. Listen, we are not meant to attach people to us. We're meant to attach people to Jesus and the church. Be very careful being a Christian who you're always in the middle with everybody and they're all attached to you. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. This is not about attaching people to me or Sue. Uh-uh. We're here to attach people to Jesus. Attach there. <laughs> And attached to the church. And why do so many young, why do so many parents' children not end up in their destiny? Because they won't allow their children to become attached to a youth leader or a young adult leader. They're like, no, over here with me, mum and dad. My boys, we were like, Sue and I were like, these boys need to serve God. Go to the youth leader, help that youth leader. Serve the youth leader, amen. Go to the young adult leaders. Sue and I are over here, go. Disciple them, tell them off. David and Cindy know I say, tell them off. (laughs) Tell them off, correct them. We teach the boys, God put that leader there. 
And even if they got it wrong, humbly respond to them. Well, we've got three humbly serving God. Thank you, Jesus. But we didn't detach them and say, no, 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 no. Soon I don't. We're the leaders of the church and we know God put that person there. God put Davinia there. God put Geordie there. God put Tana there. I'm, you're the leader of that. Even though I'm a senior pastor, not me. Interesting, hey. But too many people got so many people attached. Hang on, be careful. They don't belong to you. They belong to Him, His house. And God put that leader there to help them. Amen. He'll use us, but just watch it. It's a bit weird. If you're, if you're saying, I don't know why it all went wrong, don't judge things too soon. Don't judge things too soon, everybody. Everything in my life went wrong. <laughs> it was just wrong. Like everything was wrong. I had the wrong parents. <laughs> Oh, I felt trapped in my childhood. I was like, how have I ended up with these people? Ah! And then God's used it. And then my mother said before she died, love, I'm glad you went through all of that because you needed humbling and it was probably good. I still have the wrong parent. <laughs> Look, things went so wrong, but God said to me, it's not over till it's over. And the Bible says that God can restore the years the locusts have eaten. God can restore the years the devil took from you. God can restore the years the devil took from you. God can restore what went wrong. And I like it. He doesn't do a patch job. Some of us have patched up some things. If, if you put your house on the market, some people would find out, man, he's patched quite a few things here. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Hide that. <laughs> God doesn't patch you. He makes you like new. He comes to make you like you. That's why all of us who weren't Christians, we're Christians today for the long haul because we know, oh my gosh, God, you didn't patch me up. You've changed me and made me like you. The Bible tells us that David, in verse 17, says that they went and attacked from twilight to the evening of the next day attacking the enemy that is not a man of them escaped goes on and says in verse 18 David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away and David rescued his two wives and nothing of theirs was lacking either small or great sons or daughters spoil or anything which they had taken from them David recovered all then David took all the flocks and herds they had driven before those livestock and said this is David's spoil everybody he recovered all and I love Psalm 130 uh, sorry Psalm 30 you have turned my morning into dancing for me. You've taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. Oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Everybody, it's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. Come on, you've gone too far in God to go back now. You've gone too far in God to go back now. Come on, you've gone too far in God to go back now. And if you've just started the journey, you've gone too far in God to go back now. I've been a Christian a month. You've gone too far. You're over the line into His goodness and into His kingdom. Don't stop now because even when you're losing in God's economy, God will make it work for good. Romans 8, 28, everything works together for good. The Bible, 
Romans 8, 28, everything works together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. If you're walking in His purpose, God's going to work it for good in your life. But you just need to say to the Lord, what do I do? What do I do? What does Sue and I do? We have so many challenges. What do we do? God goes, praise me. Worship me. What do I do? I've been an addict. God goes, position yourself in my house and don't leave because you'll want to leave 400 times. Because we leave. When you have a broken life, you leave. We leave. Everybody left us, bailed on us, even if they just bailed emotionally but stayed in the house. They left. Stay. Stay. Stand. Having done all, they'll stand. And last thought there is, don't be attached to stuff, everybody. Be attached to Him. So many people are caught up in stuff. When you die and we have the hole there, we are not going to try and get your new car into the hole with you. Girls, when you die, we're not going to be saying, here's all the diamonds, let's put them all in there, my gosh. And you're going to go, thank you. You know, like, you're going to be gone. Don't get attached to the stuff. Get attached to Him. Get attached to Him. And get a healthy attachment to the house of God, the people of God. God brings relationships. Get a healthy attachment. Don't make a person your God. May God your God, but love people. You can't take the stuff. Whatever you've got right now at home, people are going to be fighting over and taking it. <laughs> My mother's new lounge, which she told me was meant to come <laughs> to me or somebody else. One of our relatives arrived, picked it up and drove off with it. I was like, I nearly did what my grandmother used to say. He wasn't born again. She's going to come and haunt you. <laughs> and I was like, imagine my mother, she's alive now. The Lounge Street, which she bought, and she's her favourite, was going to one of us. They drove off in the truck and it went. How funny. Everybody, there's a word there. Watch your stuff. <laughs> but you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. None of that matters at the end of the day. What you do for God and for people is the only thing that lasts. Can somebody say amen? Can somebody say amen? Why don't you stand up with me? Okay, time to get into the fight. That means get into the real fight, not a faux fight. One of our making, that thing. Time to get into the real fight. Fight for what God has for your life, the fight for your family, the fight for your friends, the fight for salvation, the fight to see your family saved. Thank God that most of my family have now become born again Christians. Thank God you've got to fight for them. You've got to fight for the future and for what God has for you. Don't give up. David recovered all. He recovered all. It's not over until the lady on Keto sings. I don't know, whatever. I can't say fat lady, that's not very polite. Whatever. But God's got a plan. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. And I haven't. Anyway, it's been a big week. There we go. Alrighty. Let's pray together, everybody. Lord, just thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for the power in your word. Father, I just pray, Lord, for everybody who's not walking with you in a relationship, Father. I pray, Lord, open their heart, open their eyes. Father, life's too short to not walk with you, not to know you, not to hear your voice. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, that today you'd save somebody in our service, save people, Lord. Father, who right now, uh, they believe in you, but they're just not walking with you. So, Father, I pray that you would 
Help those who believe in you already, Father, to not just believe, but know you, walk with you. Father, have your love and your blessing, your forgiveness in their lives. Receive salvation, Father. I pray that in the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us once to die, then the judgment. And the Bible tells us that eternal life, the only way you can be saved is through Jesus Christ's broken body and shed blood on the cross. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, can I encourage you? You can know Him today. Leave saved, leave having peace with God and begin to know Him. Uh, beyond the pages of the Word of God. Like the Word of God is living, it's alive. But it's where it becomes alive in you is the key. Here's the difference between Christianity and religion. And religion. Christianity, you are being energised and empowered from the inside. Religion is our attempts to get to God or our attempts to maybe please God or our attempts at acknowledgement. But that's actually what, not what Jesus came for. Jesus came that you would be born by the Holy Spirit and empowered to live the Christian life by Him. The Holy Spirit's empowering you. I got, in, I got out of bed this morning, but behind getting out of bed this morning, I was empowered to get up. Time to go to the house of the Lord. The real Christian life, you're being empowered. You, you normally wouldn't love, but suddenly you're being loving to people. You wouldn't give to missions, not in any real way. And suddenly you're being empowered to support missions and, and believe me, to finance people and help people around the world. It's an empowering from the inside. You need the real deal, not that faux wallet, that fake leather handbag. You need to get the real deal. They look similar, but they are totally different. One's on the outside and coming from us. The other one's on the inside and coming from Him. Receive that. And by the way, everybody, you don't have to do anything except put your faith in Christ. And when I lead a prayer, it's in the prayer and the confession the Bible teaches us that you're saved. Then Jesus does all the work. He does the empowering. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.